we have a very special kickoff to the summer today. We have a guest that's going to tell us all about what's happening with all the film festivals this summer. We're going to talk Cinema St. Louis with our guest, Chris Clark. Then we'll talk a trip to Greece. And then The Painter and the Thief, Military Wives, Lance Armstrong's documentary, and ESPN's 30 for 30. The Lovebirds. Then we'll talk a little bit of streaming with Patton Oswalt, Space Force, the DCU. And then we'll talk about Drive-In STL. Welcome, Chris Clark. Hi, how are you? Good to see you both. Nice Good to, to see you both, to you, too. To our so new, new Zoom Zoom world. Um, yeah, I know. I an know. interesting transition to um, being together, but it's been working really nicely in so many different ways. It's been fun to watch. I know. Yes. I just saw. I just saw a theater, a live theater presentation through Zoom the other night. Was well, supposed to be at the Centene Center for the Arts, but uh, yep. they and, transformed it. And to things like. The, I, I think somewhere around now, uh, Yo-Yo Ma was going to do a free performance. Um, maybe it was yesterday, but just free, you know, stuff like that. Um, I know. Content is out doing there. stuff. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. For free, for free and for pay. So yes, this is both. the life lifeline of of some creative ways of arts groups to do things. So it's it's interesting and exciting and terrifying uh, all at the same time. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, well, the the uh, the Zoom theater they're calling it theater. Ah. Okay. I like that. I, I do like too. That. I do too. And then now we have the drive-ins in St. Louis. So this is going to be a whole new shift. So what is Cinema St. Louis doing with their flagship festivals this summer? Well, we had a period in March and early April where we were just sad and didn't know what we were going to do and. <laughs> um, you know, the first thing was about to happen. Uh, the, the French Film Festival, or, or QFest was going to be in the middle of, was supposed to be right now, uh, in the middle of May. Uh, the French Film Festival was all lined up and films were picked, paid for. We had a nine film schedule and then everything happened. So <clears throat> I'll skip to the punchline. Um, we have um, now made the firm decision to hold all of our remaining film festivals for the rest of the year, which are the classic French Film Festival, the St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase, QFest St. Louis and the 29th annual St. Louis International Film Festival will be virtual online film festivals. Um, we partnered with a uh, fast moving and actually very easy to use, um, was going to be our new tick ticketing system. Mm -hmm. We were talking to this company called Eventive that was going to be our new, because we don't have any one ticketing system. Anything we do, every theater, as you know, has its own box office and stuff. Right. So it was difficult for, to get, you know, all your tickets at one spot. So we are going to do this. Well, anyway, they figured out very quickly how to do online streaming as a service too. So they're going to, we were, I've just spent the morning uploading films to the site for QFest, uh, for example. And it's a Good. pretty slick system. We're trying to figure out the bugs and everything too, but uh, for a lower price than we normally charge, you'll get a stream for 24 hours just like, you know, the current parameters for, um, you know, the universal films, for example, or anything else that you download, like that mm -hmm. you get a certain unlock period for your 10 bucks. Um, we can't prevent you from having a room full of six people. That's on you um, yes. in these certain times. And we hope that people would buy more than one ticket if there's more than one person. But, you know, we know it's not going to happen. We just want people to use it. Um, we have a window, um, not just one night only. So there's beautiful parts too, not just one night only. So for the duration from the 19th to the 28th for QFest, you can watch the film any time of day or night 
during those times up to wow. a certain, we have a cap that's our, you know, deal with distributors. So our cap is 250. We would have been the Tivoli with a cap of 140 in the yeah. small theater. So we have a net gain of, you know, 110 uh, potential, <laughs> potential. We don't know if we'll get there. Uh, so we'll see. I was right off my screen. Um, and, uh, but it's geo, do you know, have you heard the term geo fencing or geo blocking? No. Mm -mm. We are geo fenced to residents of Missouri and Illinois. Okay, I get it. So because only, only people that live in those zip codes or their, their Our states, um, yeah. or they have IP addresses and, and you, if you live somewhere else, tried to buy a ticket, you couldn't. So this helps distributors give you a more finite approach. Um, other festivals and other theaters and other people film series in other cities, they don't want you to be able to sell country and diminish their tickets. And that's fair. Uh, and that, that's kind of the way it was before, except it was easy because we were in different cities. Now right. this makes it virtually, you know, a dome of silence or uh, <laughs> power or, you know, uh, insert a, uh, you know, superhero term of, you know, right. protection circle, whatever around it. So I think it's going to work, but we'll still have a greater outreach that people wouldn't drive two hours from a corner of Missouri, but they can still watch it. We've right. got the whole state of Illinois, which is bigger, um, right. you know, to the corners. So, do you, you know, have any problems with uh, Chicago being upset about it or no? Um, there was one film that's in uh, Chicago Reeling, which is their game film festival. And they, um, we went, you know, the distributor went to and asked them and they just made sure that we don't broadcast it too much because they're doing the same film during the same time period. But gee, Chicago is huge. Right. I don't know what kind of cap or deal they have, probably larger than ours, but that's not the point. Ours is we're way over here. We're not very big. Q-Fest is tiny. It's only 250. It's not going to matter. But this is so new to the industry that people are figuring that out. But so far, um, we're hoping it'll work. Um, sponsors I hope it works are, too. Sponsors are still kind of interested. Not everyone, because everyone isn't working as much or making as much money, but some are. Um, one of our key sponsors, AARP in St. Louis, increased their sponsorship level so they could have more virtual tickets for their members. So that's cool. Cinema St. Louis is not doing too poorly these days after the initial depression. And we're still very sad and worried about the world and the future and everything, but we figured it out and we're moving forward really fast and it's exciting. Well, it's that's good my... that you got it out there instead of people waiting around, like what's going to happen? What's mm -hmm. going to happen? You know, that you just went ahead and said, okay. Yeah. That's what and just doing. like we're doing right now, I have the easy ability and I'm going to start doing it next week. I'm going to have zoom interviews and record them just like the little button in the corner here with every filmmaker who will speak to me during Q fest. And normally there's only a handful of people that actually come, but I can actually talk to them. I can have 40 interviews. Wow. I can have 50 interviews. I can have Q and A's with cast and crew. I can talk to things. And then we're going to post those to our YouTube and put them on the playlist on the event of site shorts programs are just an essential playlist. So yeah. Brian and I have been building the site this week, mostly Brian, he's done a lot of work, but I've kind of inserted myself now at this but, point that I've seen the key underneath the hood and it's uh, it's great. So I just hope it works and that's how it's going to be for a while for everybody. And this way you could actually probably have more people uh, in on a call that not weren't necessarily able to come to St. Louis this way. 
yeah, you could have, you know, a, a, what, is, what fits in a Zoom screen, like 25 or 24 it's, on it's, one screen until it starts moving over, something like that. So, yeah, you could have a 25-member Brady Bunch before, <laughs> and record and have it on one screen before you'd have to move over. You know, I was on a um, film festival conference the other day. There was 100 people. So there was like oh, wow. two, two other screens. You saw the main screen, the main speakers, but then you had to scroll over to see other people. Um, and it works fine. You know, I'm a fidgeter. You know, and you'll see that for the rest of the hour, uh, how much I wiggle around. Um, so I'm learning how to sit still again, too. Well, the good That's thing right. about this is <laughs> we only uh, put out audio for the oh, podcast. Oh, sweet. I am safe. But they can't see my... My poker background. No, that's not true Zoom. because I post a picture of us. Already. Oh, very nice. Good. Yeah. We, so we, we talked about my. Screen. Yeah. We talked about my poker winnings earlier. We'll yes. save that for another day. We'll yeah. But more, yeah. So so Carl has our our uh, faces on the the uh, the podcast, but okay. it's not a video. Oh, this is kind of relevant. So I don't know if you've attended or been aware of our ongoing new, our, another new online feature, or a St. Louis Movie Club. Um, yes, I started Tom, watching them, and then Mondays are horrible for me, and now they've moved them. Well, it can be whenever we want them to be, because we can do whatever okay. we want. The calendar and time doesn't mean anything anymore. No. Um, were, were you there with Diane Carson for it happened one night? Were you there the other night? No, okay. I was not. I was not. <laughs> it was very I, entertaining. I did, I did Between the Lines, which okay. I enjoyed. Yeah. So, so that is happening. So <clears throat> I'm up next. I'm going to talk about The Sting. I know. I'm excited. Yes. It's, Wednesday. it's Wednesday night, right? The third. Not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. Okay. Well, I have it on my calendar. So, so that yeah. also ties with my, my gambling youth. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I hadn't seen that movie in years and years and years, and I watched it again. Oh, my God. It's just so fun. I saw it as an adolescent at the Ritz Theater on Grand. Ooh, wow. So that puts me way in the way back machine <laughs> yes that well uh, I'm what is that now it is a park oh okay it is an open air park which when, last couple of years they actually do movie screenings there once in a while when they do um like little south grand events it becomes uh -huh. a little pocket park it's nice it was a building now, but it's, now a it's this yeah well, I saw it opening night, Christmas Day of, uh, what was it, 74, 73, 74? I want to say 73, because didn't it win the Oscar in 70? It was the movie that won the Oscar between the two Godfather films. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, my sister and I, because, you know, after when you're young, you, you're teenagers, after uh, Christmas is over, it's like, let's go see this thing. It opened. It was, yeah, at the BAC Cinema in Belleville, and it was packed. Yes. Yeah. So it was, it's just, it's fun when you had those event movies back in the day when there was only one theater, not yes. Plexus. Yep. And you had to stand in line. Ah, uh, yes. We don't get that anymore. Carl, did we you wax, have to stand in line? <laughs> did you have to stand in line for Empire Strikes Back when you saw it in, um, in Dallas. Dallas 40 years ago? 40 years ago this Saturday, because I was on vacation with my family in Dallas. I guess school had ended, and we saw Empire Strikes Back in Dallas. But since, you know, they didn't know how much I wanted to see it, they didn't get us tickets for Friday night. They got us tickets for Saturday night. And there are two things I remember. 
One was the line to get into the theater and how much I hated the ending. Every, it, Empire Strikes Back is everybody's favorite Star Wars movie. It is not my favorite Star Wars movie because I remember as a nine-year-old not liking, you can't end a movie like this. But now I, now I know better, but it is still not my favorite Star Wars movie. After 40 years, I will still. proudly admit, and I will stand in solidarity with you, I don't like it that much either. Thank ah, you, Chris. There. It, the ending, Ooh, well, because so what happened, better. what happened was, I, you know, I probably had a little digital watch because I was a nine-year-old, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, this movie's already been more than two hours. What are they going to do? How are they going to save him? And they're like, nope, it ends. I'm but like, you know what it's not, Carl? What? It's not episode one, and it's not episode two. <laughs> You're right. It's episode five. Yes. I'll leave and, three alone because I'm a little more ambivalent about that one. But, right, but um, <clears throat> yeah. It's, I understand. Yeah. We'll leave it. We'll let it go. We'll let it go. Yes. Holiday. Let it go. <laughs> So I wanted, to see, I wanted to see a trip to Greece because I have seen the other three films. Now, I have not seen, in England, they get to watch three hours. They get to watch, they get to watch a six-part television series. And then uh, Michael uh, Wiggenbottom edits them down to like two, uh, 145, two-hour film. So they cut out stuff which actually makes uh, Rob and Steve a little angry. But I sat down to watch it yesterday because I knew we were doing this today. And they said, your link expired two hours ago. Uh. So I asked them, but it's a holiday weekend. So no one is there. Lynn, did th this is the final. First you had the trip. Then you had a trip to Spain. Then you had a trip to Italy. I hope I have um, that right. Is it Italy, then Spain. Yeah, Italy, then Spain. And then this is a trip to Greece. And... Steve Coogan says no more. This is the yeah. Last they one. say they say it's going to be the end, but I don't know. But I enjoy these movies, and I enjoy they're, they're TV series, but just they're they're British television series. Are the, I don't are know they available? They, are the series available to stream on like BBC or one of those? I think if you BBC get BBC like, light channels, like if you get BritBox, you might be yeah. able to get the six episode things. Oh, I, I've never we tried do. that. Oh, do you? Well, I think so. I think so. It. I'm pretty sure we do. But IFC buys them, so they might keep, they might be blocked out. So you have to watch IFCs. I, I I don't know. I would actually be curious to find that out. But Lynn, you you saw it. Yes, and I enjoyed it. Uh, this time though, there's because of the Greek tragedy comedy, that it's the cradle of democracy drama, uh -huh. and then it has all that ancient history. Uh, it has a little bit more weight to the plot. It's not all fun. It's not all fun and light. Well, I would say that the, there there really haven't been a whole bunch of plot because in the British version, it's a travelogue, and each episode is a restaurant. Right. The, well, the, plot, the, uh, the plots uh, in the American versions are actually a little more coherent than they are over in England. What you get with every trip movie, you get lush, beautiful, scenic, panoramic views, just breathtaking images. You get delicious looking food and you get these two guys that are best friends supposedly what's I mean, the overall I, time what's the overall timeline from the first one to now is it like 20 years 10 years oh, oh no 10 10 so the first one was uh, northern england the trip yeah. and then they, then they did italy three years later mm -hmm. they did spain three years later and then now here so it started in 2010 it's almost they're almost like 
I haven't seen enough of them, but I do like those two guys so much, both of them, and the witty repartee and their English, you know, their wit. Um, it's like they're two not quite as grumpy old men. They're <laughs> kind, of, kind of as grumpy, not quite as old, but the same kind of, you know, buddy movie that we've, you know, missed right. sometimes. And Michael right. Winterbottom has been great at doing these and getting Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon to do these with him. And a lot more people know Steve Coogan than Rob Brydon over in the United States. And Steve sure. Coogan makes everyone aware of that. <laughs> yes. Well, there's this one, uh, they've shown it in the preview. There's this one scene when we're in Rob's scene, well, what are you most proud of? And Steve goes, my seven Baptists. And, and uh, Rob goes, well, that's interesting because you have children, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> So the series, go, the series goes like this. It goes, the trip, which is just, they went to Northern England. Then a trip to Italy in 2014, trip to Spain in 2017. So they're doing it, besides the first one, they're doing it about every three years. Well, the, the script is largely improvised, but what I didn't know till I did my heavy duty research for this one is they talk about their families and they have part of their families in the film but they're fiction. They're not their yeah. real families. Oh yeah, because it's he had a fake. girlfriend for some of them. Yeah, it's yeah. all fake. It's all fake. Yeah. yeah. So it yeah. just sort of weaves in and out of life. You know, it's a what's a, a sweetly, you know, innocent, brilliant little thing that doesn't harm anybody and it's fun and yeah, so good for those guys. Yeah. And good for them all to keep it going for and I could see where you'd be tired. Ten years have it shoved into, you know, that probably took up a big chunk of his 10 years. Um, right. And the, the uh, Winterbottom was still doing movies. I mean, he was they, doing, They're all working. You know, Coogan's right. you know, oh, a lot did, of stuff, uh, too. Yeah. He did uh, uh, Stan and Ollie last year. And Greed. Well, Stan and Ollie, they talk about that, and he does a Stan and Ollie. He was very good. You know what? I love that movie. I really, really uh, liked yeah, that. It fell through the cracks. Well, they said it, they, it opened on Christmas Day. And they didn't screen it for us. No. And and it, it's delightful. So they do talk about that. They are expert mimics. And they do yes. some killer impressions. They have this whole riff on Dustin Hoffman that is a hoot. And then they, they have, I guess, their fake agent or whatever. So Steve's talking to his fake agent. Who's, and he's like, did I get the Damien Chazelle movie? And he goes, no. They said no. But they really loved you. And Steve goes, I cried and everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I enjoyed okay. that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But that the the uh, image and they're so fast with each other. They just take off, you know. So so it's just interesting and of course Greece is just spectacularly gorgeous. Yes. It's, it's just you know, so it's not like they picked uh uninteresting places to go the last four ones but yeah so you got to kind of know what what you're getting into if you don't like that kind of thing well if you don't it, like that kind of thing you wouldn't have watched any of the four yeah, of them yeah you're also and also i'm guessing that you don't need to have watched the first three to get into this no you know inherently no. it should be terribly boring because <laughs> i don't know how long the the shows are each but they're you know four seasons of them doing kind of the same thing over and over and over and over again like mm -hmm. a, you know, uh, 10 years of my dinner with Andre, basically. There's just two right. guys, just headshots, just talking, but they make it work, and it's a yeah. beautiful thing. 
It's approximately, each episode is like about a half hour because, you know, British ones, they can do whatever they want. Sure. So it's about, it's about a half hour. So it's really 12 hours that they've cut down into four movies. And I was reading an interview with, uh, it was either Rob or Steve in The New Yorker, and they said there are scenes from each series that they wish that Winterbottom had put in the movie. And so maybe, I, I guess they just want them to see the original series. But. Well, it's on video on demand, so you can pay. I think this one might be a cheaper video on demand. Okay. Well, it's you IFC, know. so. Yeah, it's IFC. And uh, IFC has another, well, it's not IFC, it's Neon. Uh -oh. It's The Painter and the Thief, which I did not get to screen because they didn't send me the link. But it's about a woman who's an artist and a thief. She's a painter, obviously. The painter she's and the a, thief. She's a painter and a thief. No, oh, so, so she's a, a, it's, Is it two people or is it just one person? No, it's two people. She's okay. a painter. Uh -huh. She gets her artwork stolen. Oh, no. She befriends the guy who stole it. Okay. And the movie goes from there. It's one of those where things change your life in the blink of an eye. Okay. That's what I gather, but. Oh, you didn't, but you didn't see it because it's, and you know what? I didn't ask for it because I really wasn't interested in it because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't intriguing to me. Well, Kent gave it a favorable review. So. Is that because there's nothing else to review or is that because he enjoyed the film? He liked it. Okay. He liked he liked how a movie uh, shows people changing like split second decisions that change your life. He okay. likes that, so he liked it. Nothing I did not see that. the film, but I'll tell you what I do like is Neon Films. Yes, um, yes. I think they have pretty fantastic taste. Um, we became a new partner with them for the festival um, two years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, they're near the top with me about you know pristine erudite you know top drawer. Um, you know, festival, uh, you know, those kind of films, like like Sony Classics level almost right. of really sophisticated taste. And they have some violent things like Assassination Nation and stuff too. So they go for the mass audiences. They kind of whiffed with that one. But, you know, they've had um, Portrait of Lady and Fire. They're still making money off of that thing. Yeah, um, yeah, that's coming out on a, a DVD in a week or so. June 23rd. That's right. And they have, um, I wonder if some of those neon people are the same people that did Radius because Radius for a couple of years was a great independent film distributor. And then all of a sudden it disappeared. I think it was an offshoot of the Weinstein thing, which is probably what yes. happened. Um, but the, know, but, from, my, yeah. from my bench uh, 20 years of doing this, I've watched some of the same people move from company to company to company um, as they, you know, open and close. I remember, if you remember things uh, from the olden days, like Cowboy Releasing, which was, mm -hmm. you know, the hipster, that were just great, sophisticated, indie-ish kind of things. And they just kind of, you know, costs get high um, if you don't have a bunch of hits in a row, like anything. You know, big studios have suffer from the same bit, but on a smaller scale, a distributor, you need to have a constant churn because you're paying money out too to people and the filmmakers and, making stuff work. It's a grind. So it's, it's hard to make a lot of money and it's easy to lose a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, 
So when they work, they work, but you've got to have really smart people that really can turn something around that maybe is not so great, but the whole marketing of it. So it's a, you know, fascinating game to watch. Um, but the ones that, you know, rise up above the rest and hang in there. Well, um, well I particularly they, like uh, ne Neon's uh, documentaries. Last year they did Apollo 11. Yep. They did and Spaceship Earth. The, the, the biggest little farm, which mm -hmm. like, Yeah, we and then, did that. Yeah. Three, and um, three just, identical we, strangers. We just saw of uh, spaceship earth carl and i yes we did and so but you had when when radius was at the top of their game they had two oscar winning documentaries sure. which you had you had undefeated oh, yeah. at the yes, film festival right. yeah. before anybody knew what that was the, and i was and i saw it at the film festival and i told everybody you need to watch this and then it won the oscar and then 20 feet from stardom too mm-hmm well, and you, you have all forgotten to mention their best and most successful film. Well, there are two of them. They've won Oscars for I, Tanya and yes. Uh, yes. a little movie called Parasite. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Good for them. Paras Parasite is them. But uh, they've only been around since 2017. And it's the guys who run the Alamo Draft House that started this. Oh, I did not realize that. Okay. I should have known that, but I it's don't. It's Tom Quinn and uh, Tim League. Tim Tim League's the uh, Alamo guy, but uh -huh. so three identical strangers is there? Oh, one of my yes. favorites. Yeah. Oh, one so of my a, you know, relatively small slate, but three years later to have a bunch of Oscars and stuff laying around. So well, good yeah. for them. They won Best Picture. Disney has never won a Best Picture nomination, or they've been nominated. They've never won a Best Picture ever in the entire time that Disney's been around. Neon has been around for three years and won one, the first, I guess the first time they were nominated for Best Picture. Well, Disney's just going for world domination. So. Yes, but th that, is, that is a, Walt thought he was going to get it for yep. uh, Mary Poppins. But when she won Best Actress, I think that was as much they were going to give Disney. Maybe this lady was just playing the game, but I believed that she was honest about her intentions. I was going back with forth with her for about three weeks with the possibility of having Natalie Portman come to the film festival oh with God. Don't tell I, Max I Boise. I understand now why she may not have been as interested. It was Vox Lux. Oh. Well so, Max Foise loves that movie anyway, yep, so it doesn't matter. Yep. So he's, but he's she the one. said, you know, they she was in touch and they went back and forth and I was told it was a scheduling issue. Maybe that was polite, but this went back and forth for a couple of weeks. And I believe she was making, talking to somebody. So, you know, I'll believe it was this close. This close. I'm going to say it was just, she was going to come. Because, ah. and then, then uh, Max Foisey would have been your best friend ever. Because he would have been on your side like a boil on a toe. Because he wanted to. Uh, I, I don't get, like that image, sir. I do not like it, that image. Oh, it would have been That's worse than that. That's his favorite person. He's the only person I know that likes Lucy in the sky. <laughs> Pale blue dot. But so, yes, I, uh, I don't know. He, and he Vox Lux. Anything for her. And he does like Vox Lux too. So he would, have, he would have been standing up applauding by himself. One of, my, one of my proudest illegal moments of all time, and there's been more than one, but we'll <laughs> talk about this one right now. Yes. <laughs> before Black Swan at a, the Beyond Capacity screening during the film festival. Mm -hmm. Before it, I played the Natalie Portman rap from Saturday Night Live. You did. I sure did. 
It was that's a crummy downloaded copy from some third world site, I think, but uh -huh. I sure did. And the crowd went wild. I love that they so did. much. That's hilarious. Good for you. Yep. Good for you. Because I could. So because the other movie <laughs> isn't quite. The other movie this week isn't quite as pedigreed. It is Military Wives, and I can see how they put it out this weekend to honor I understand the sacrifices why. people make, and it is on Hulu streaming, and it's on video on demand, and it is very formulaic, but I give it a pass because it, it was a pleasant diversion. It is based on a true story about this uh, group of military wives over in England and their husbands all get sent to Afghanistan for yet another tour of duty. And they uh, obviously are worried and nervous. This is about maybe 2011, I think. And Kristen Scott Thomas plays the colonel's wife. Uh -huh. And she's typically uptight, cold. And then the opposite of her is Sharon Horgan, who, if you watch the Amazon series Catastrophe, she's hilarious. And uh, she plays the, the other wife that's a little bit loosey-goosey and likes to go ha have beers with the girls. And uh, so she and Kristen St uh, Scott Th uh, Thomas clash about getting this choir together. And it's all that conflict. It is directed by the guy who directed The Full Monty. Okay. Oh, okay. My wife, my wife saw the full Monty for the first time when she went to Sundance that year. And that, that was the darling of Sundance that year. Oh, I imagine it was. So this is, it's, like I said, this is based on a true story. It sparked, there's uh, more than 75 military wives choirs in England and overseas. Military wives, as you all know, being spouses, they have to do a lot of sacrifice too. So it spotlights them in a nice way. Good. It does have some drama, but it tries to take a lighthearted approach and have some comedy. It is pretty much a lifetime movie, really. Oh, that's too bad. Can I do but a it was, You know, it was pleasant. It was pleasant. Well, it, 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 it was out this weekend, and they—I mean—they released it because it was, you know, uh, Memorial Day weekend. I'm guessing. They they perform at the Royal Albert Hall, which was cool. Getting to see the Royal Albert Hall, and uh, I know they how have many a, holes it takes to fill that up. By the way, <laughs> in <laughs> England, they they have a they have a televised broadcast on the day of remembrance that's what they call it uh yeah they are and it, like they wear poppies they all yeah they all have poppies on so uh, we've, we've uh, turned this very uh uh eurocentric today yeah we don't Anglophiles. have any we're Anglophiles. we don't have any american rah-rah to do except we do have a scandalous tale on a fallen american hero and that would be Lance Armstrong. And uh, if anybody still thinks fondly of him or is going to give him the benefit of the doubt, if you watch the ESPN documentary, which starts May 24th, which is tonight, yes. and continues tonight and next week. May 30th, uh, 
you're going to get Lance warts and all, and he is interviewed in it, but he shows what just a really not good person he is. Yeah, but he, I, he's also, I hear he's also unhappy with it. So that makes me even want to watch it even more. Well, you know, we should have thought something was up with that guy when he left his wife. Cheryl Crow? Yeah. He hurt Cheryl, and she's a Missourian, so yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. Well, she won't say anything good about him Sorry either. About that. <laughs> no, yeah. that. you're fine. Do you know what? I kept, I kept one of my Livestrong bracelets just as a pop oh, culture <laughs> uh, memento. Why? A number of years ago, I was doing a, a couple years of I was doing stand up a lot, and mm -hmm. one of my I had a Lance Armstrong joke about the bracelet. I said, "Why don't you just scratch off the V and make it lie strong?" <laughs> Cute. Good. Did that get a laugh? I'll be here all week. I'll be here all Good month. job. Good job. I'll be, Good job. Here. I'll be here forever. We're all trapped. Ah. Seven Tour de France's. Yep. Yes. He trashed everybody who came after him with the truth. Right. He let he shattered lives. And uh yeah. So it's a two party. It was at Sundance earlier this year. They tried to they tried to give us a link, but I'm like, it's going to be on ESPN the next two weeks. I've been watching The Last Dance, which now everyone says was a, was a big lie, which I believe we we know nothing about Michael Jordan's personal life. We didn't he didn't mention he had a wife until episode six. They, I mean, his kids were in the background of stuff, but he Michael Jordan only lets you see what he wanted you to see in this thing, and. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. These things aren't so terribly different in some ways than the Tiger King in how well, they allow yeah. you certain levels of facts um, to paint a certain picture and then, oh, here's a big reveal. Um, right. Well, but also th that is, I think that is where um, uh, Ken Burns got his information. Even though he did talk to the guys and smoothed it all out with them, what Ken Burns was talking about in his initial interview when he said, I wouldn't want to have my subject have that much, uh, not power, but influence over what I was doing because Michael owns all that footage. So he, he probably had a lot of veto power and which is why we didn't get to see a lot of actually Michael Jordan. And that another thing I found out about the last dance, he, those were not his houses. He borrowed those houses. Those were friends of the filmmaker. He, sure. he didn't want people to yeah. see where he lives. So he it's reality, asked, it's reality TV. It, yes. That's all it is. But you know what's also big business? Is ESPN Films doing these documentaries. Right. Um, Which becoming, they've been doing for what? 35 years? 37 years But now? to this newer, you know, it's a new kind of level in a way. You know, it's more. About 10 hybrid, hours on one subject. Yeah. Hybrid theatrical, you know, multi-tier mm -hmm. uh, uh, things. Um, we played one a couple of years ago. Uh, the one about Dick Weber. Do you remember oh, that? From St. Oh, from Louis. Oh, yeah. It was a 30-minute well, piece, 30, 35-minute piece. So it was a doc short, technically, by right. Academy Law of Length. Well, they were supposed um, to be 30 for 30, and they were supposed yeah. to be 30 Oh, so, yeah, long. that's it. That's it, yeah. With credits and stuff. But, yeah, it was, right. you know, it was what it was. And, you know, the, the same voice, you know, uh, uh, pops up and things. Oh, I saw, uh, you know, I, I won't talk about the hell of the name, but I watched a showcase submission that was a riff on ESPN Sports Docs <laughs> about a competitive Candyland competition. <gasps> that would be great. Like the king, of, the, the king of Kong was good too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but so. that was like a rip on the ESPN stuff even before those ESPN things existed. Sure. 
Um, lots but, of cable channels are doing this kind of thing, though. Um, in QFest last year, the Halston documentary was a CNN product. Yes. That's right. So was the Linda Ronstead. Yeah. And so also, they're all, yeah. you know, they're all kind of getting in the game. And, you know, all channels are, you know, Hulu, Amazon, you know, name one. Um, original content is, is everything now. But also, they, this, is, this is very telling that the last dance was 10 parts. The Tom Brady one is only going to be nine parts, and each one is going to focus to a year they went to the Super Bowl. So you've got Michael Jordan here, and you've got Tom Brady right here. But not, not, not good enough for 10 parts, just nine. But then again, if he, wins, if he wins one in Tampa, they'll have to make another one, then they'll have 10. But he's not going to win one in Tampa. But I'm saying that it's interesting that they came up with that number nine just because he had been in nine Super Bowls and won six of them. Happy well, extra, the reason, maybe, you know, clever marketing. Right. What does it matter? You know, they'll, they'll watch him on repeat forever. Exactly. Well, the reason that ESPN is going forward right now with programming 30 for 30 right after the Michael Jordan thing because they want to strike while the iron is hot. And they want there aren't any sports. Right. And there's only, what, South Korean softball? Baseball. Baseball. So the next one after Lance is one on Bruce Lee. And then the, the wrap-up on June 14th is one very close to St. Louis's heart in more ways than one. It is called Long Gone Summer, and it is the home run race between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. And it's made by document documentarian A.J. Schnock from Edwardsville who has opened and been shown at the St. Louis Film Festival and also won one of the Sliff Awards because I presented it to him a couple years ago. <laughs> and oh, that's uh, why you remember that? Because you were yeah. there? Well, yeah, but also I, his films are so good. Caucus and the Branson one about the Lennon family. Mm -hmm. And then now he's doing a real St. Louis one. He has access to both McGuire and Sosa for the first time. Good. So I, I, I actually communicated with AJ over the weekend and he is hurrying up to finish the film. Good. And we're, we've talked to him already to, you know, if, if the stars aligned, it could be a, all our parts um, in, in November. Um, Which would be good. It wouldn't be ready or really appropriate necessarily for the showcase or be or big enough uh, for a premiere. I depending think, on I think it could other be. Things. But, but, you know, however it, it works out, sure, out. I'll take it. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah. It, it would uh, sell out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you want it. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, that would be great. So I just am so happy that he's going to have this arena because – he was going to show the film at Tribeca. He got, it got yep. accepted for the Tribeca Film Festival. And then, of course, they're not going Why to would New York care about Chicago and St. Louis? Oh, oh it's a national well, story. Yeah, but, in, well, in premiere status and festival world, don't get me started on that topic. Because sometimes, you know, a big festival can, you know, muscle out and say, you can't show something within a month on either end of our premiere, oh. even though it's a thousand miles away, so... That's unfortunate. Yeah, but I think it's going to matter less going forward with digital world. People are going to figure that out as long as they're geofenced. Why should it matter? Yeah, I hope so, so. so I, I hope just, so. I think that's a, just a great opportunity uh, for him. And ESPN is going to be handling all the PR. 
So I've he'll been get, in he'll get with him. a gazillion views out of this thing. He'll probably have more people watch that film than maybe the rest of his great films combined, um, which is a sad statement. But you know, those his films were you know a lot more politically natured and the Branson stuff. So you know, not for everyone, but you know, everybody that loves baseball, which is a lot of people in the world, would watch this. And not everyone's going to watch a movie about Branson, Missouri, which was great and very interesting. But they're not going to care. They're not going to care about the Denver Convention. They're not going to care about other of his, you know, taste. Um, his wife also a filmmaker, I believe, who's been our guest before, um, along with AJ a number of times. So he's just a great guy. He like is. AJ. Last time I talked to him was at Ron Stevens's party after it slipped uh, 2018. No more festival parties. <laughs> Oh, I think Ron would have a party if you asked him. Oh, we'll, we'll do a virtual be, Zoom party. It, we'll do a Zoom party. Yeah, well, you got to have that social distancing and also uh, the gathering limits of the county or the city, whatever it's at with these yep. phases. You know, oh, Ron um, has two houses, so the um, the first festival in the world to announce that they're going to do a live event, Venice. Really? Venice oh, is going to do just, their... Just announced yeah, today. I took me about two minutes to email my superior, Mr. Freilich, and ask um, if I could go since my Cleveland trip, which was supposed to be in April to the Cleveland Film Festival. They went online and had a great success. And we, we attended a, an online conference about it. But I said, since my Cleveland trip got canceled and I got all my money back, can I go to um, Venice? Well, of course, Cliff answered in a Cliff-like fashion. And no, I will not be going to Venice, Italy. Well, Damn it. It, if anywhere is going to be a, a second outbreak, it would be probably Venice, Italy. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's saving my life once again. So uh, <laughs> good job, Cliff. Who's to say? Well, to say? The, the, I had to the, ask. I had to poke the stick. I know yep. he would just go. Ugh. No. Well, the, the new hotspot's going to be the Ozarks. <laughs> from, yeah. From the footage of the weekend. <laughs> right. So, oh. Uh, well, good to be, good to be <laughs> top of the news, Missouri. Well done. And then yeah. they also, and then Missouri also was underreporting the tests because they uh, were combining two different tests. So Missouri had more cases than yep. the rest of the states in the Midwest. Not your, not Illinois though, because they had all of Cook County was impaired. Oh my goodness. So the only diversion this week, if you're streaming, if you're still at home, uh, just riding out the quarantine and you want things to watch, The Lovebirds started on Netflix on Friday. And that was supposed to be a major theatrical release on April 3rd, but they Netflix bought it and they released it the other day. It stars Issa Rae and Kamel Najami, and I just screwed up his name. No, you actually said it right. Okay, good. Because the, the look you gave me was like, did I say that? Okay. You, you so said it right. I, I just enjoy watching him, and she's great too. So if you like them, this is a very personality-driven movie. It is a comedy directed by Michael Showalter, who directed The mm. Big Sick. It all comes around. And then Sharon Horan, or Horgan, from Military Wives, she has as many BAFTAs as uh, Steve Coogan. So. <laughs> and oh, and Issa Rae is on Insecure oh. on HBO, and uh, Sharon Horgan, she wrote Divorced and Motherland and Catastrophe all on HBO. Okay, well, Catastrophe is Amazon. 
Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, but motherland and divorce, those were uh, especially divorce with uh, Thomas Hayden Church and Sarah Jessica Parker. And I totally screwed up. Uh, I, watched, I watched some of that. That was sort of funny. So uh, this one is a high concept. It is a couple, bickering couple. They're going to break up. They're on the road to Splitsville. And they realize it. And then this tragic event happens. They witness a murder. I told you high concept. Yes. And then they are implicated in the murder and they spend the rest of the movie running and, and uh, meeting all sorts of weird people and uh, getting in, embroiled in this mystery and all these weird crime uh, instances. And in the meantime, they're having their, back and forth repartee because they were about to break up and now they're thrown together and so they have all that okay it's a relationship comedy with a high concept because of you have the the murder (laughs) yay the the murder the first part of this i really enjoyed it it gets a little long and it's not the big sick at all if you think this is going to be a copycat of that formula no it's not, but the script ha- is very uneven, and I think that uh, you got to go in knowing that you're not expecting lightning to strike twice, but if you like those two people together, I mean, if you like them separately, I think you're going to enjoy them together. I think they would. I, I like them separately, and I think that together they would be just fine. It depends on the writing. Who wrote it? Did I say uh, Ray write? No. Aaron Abrams and then two other guys wrote it. Okay. So it takes place in New Orleans. It isn't the most scenic New Orleans movie in terms of the, what you consider New Orleans. It's pretty nondescript streets and it's just, it's, it's, I don't want to, I, I don't want to spoil it. But but I'm saying it's like what Roger Ebert said. Any shot of Paris has to have the Eiffel Tower or the Louvre sure. in it. And so I'm guessing there is at least one shot of uh, the French Quarter in it. Yeah, but you don't really get too much flavor of New Orleans. New Orleans has a lot of flavor. I know, but you should get more. I mean, this is not that movie. Okay. It's not the Big Easy. It's not that... But it, I thought that it had some good twists and turns, I, especially when they're in their car. They're in their car, bigger, and they get involved in this murder, and everything changes. It's it's like the farcical comedic version of uh, Queen and Slim, if it was a comedy, <laughs> which it was not. No, but it's that kind of thing. Like all of a sudden, like holy hell you know like how life just changes on a dime yes it does so and anna camp is in it and uh there's some interesting people you would have recognized it's not your typical michael showalter group the state the 10 rob and uh, uh wet hot american summer 
None so, of those. So, like, you're not going to see uh, Michael Ian Black in it? No. Okay. Hmm. No. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's that. But anyway, uh, if you are, if you've watched every single thing on Netflix and you okay. need something to watch. Watch the Patton Oswalt comedy special. Which is good. Have you seen that? No, I was supposed to watch it last night and then social distancing kept me from enjoying it. I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm up for this. But see, I wonder, last time he was here, oh, I have a picture of us together. But the last time he was here, he was at the family arena and I went to that show and I'm wondering if this is just a filmed version of that tour. Which okay, well, is these, last tour. Well, this is filmed in Charlotte. This, uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a few little highlights. One is uh, he, he just turned 50. So he yes. talks about his cereals that he has to eat now, how he hikes. He yes. talks about it. This is what he talked about last time when I saw him at Family Arena. Okay, okay he talked about his new wife. Um, he, talked, he did a little bit. I, I think it might. I think on the tour it might have been too soon to talk about his new wife. Okay. Well, he talks about that. He talks about the funniest and longest bit is about taking his daughter to Denny's. Yes, that's what he ended with. And he told us during the show that he didn't know how to end that bit. And he said, when you see me do this later, I'm going to have a killer ending. So, but, but he was going to try something out. So I would watch it just to see how he ends it. Because when he ended it in St. Louis, St. Charles, he ended yeah. it and it was a great line. And he said, he said, huh, that worked. Maybe I'll end it with that. We'll find out. It's a good, it's a good story. Oh my God. It's hilarious. I was, I was rolling on the floor laughing in, in, uh, I would not say literally, but in that type of humor, I was laughing out loud. It was so funny. He does touch on me too a little bit. He touches on Trump a little bit, but he talks about why he doesn't make Trump jokes and talk about current events which turns into being really funny and uh it's just it's it was just really it was just really delightful it's called i love everything yes Clearly, i got a picture with him afterwards and i said thank you for being in, involved in like almost as every aspect of my life in the last 15 years because pat oswald he's very versatile he's been in a lot of things and a lot of good things did Oscar you, nominee for young adult. Oh, yeah, yes. That's right. Did either of you ever watch any or much of the United States of Terra? No, I did not. Was I loved I loved that show. He was a supporting character, so not a main character, but he made the most of every... He was the schlubby boyfriend of the woman who played um, uh, her sister. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Tony Collette's sister... Uh, and I can't remember the actress who uh, played on the tip of my tongue. Um, <clears throat> um, but he played the on-again, off-again boyfriend and ultimately baby daddy uh, ah. with the sister. And it was just a great, sweet... And he uh, worked on a landscaping business with Tony Collette's husband on the show. Okay. So there's a lot of connections there. So they, you know, would have wild bang-up sex and then she would dump him. And he kept oh. coming back. It was Brie um, Larson. Brie, no, no, that was the daughter. Oh, that was a daughter? Yeah, that was that many years ago. Brie Larson oh, wow. was the daughter. That was her first, that was her big breakout. Um, yeah. It was a great show. Um, I, and I, I loved it. So, um, yeah, I did not catch if you want something 
alternative to watch. And it takes a while to get into the rhythms because it takes some time to, you know, get what they're doing. Tony uh, Rose, Blood is Rosemary fantastic. DeWitt. Rosemary DeWitt. That's it. That's it. Oh. And who is the husband? Have... John uh, Corbin. John, John Corbett from yeah. Sex yep. in the City or My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And or Northern Exposure. And Dinner Rush. And Dinner Rush. That's uh, right. But And Rosemary DeWitt's married to uh, Ron Livingston from Office Space. I did not know that until right now. It's a small world after all. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shanghai wow. Disney is open up. Wow. So Shanghai uh, Ozarks. <laughs> no. Well, Shanghai Disney is that uh, they are going to be the test subjects for the rest of the Disney parks. So they are keeping it at twenty-five percent, and they can't they can't hug or greet characters. You can only greet characters like they're making it. Like if you greet a character, they, the photo effects are like you're standing next to the character, but you're really nowhere near the character. So Disney's trying to do it right so they can expand this to other parks because the rumors are that the NBA is going to open up at Disney and they're going to want stuff open if they're going to have NBA players there because they will yep. quarantine them at the hotels, but Disney Springs is open. Half of Disney Springs is open, just not the parks yet, because I think they're trying to find a way to uh, socially distance at the parks. And I think that's what they're trying out in Shanghai right now, I guess. I don't know. I hope. (coughs) Well, Patton Oswalt's wife, uh, his late wife, Michelle McNamara, was... She solved the murder after she died. She was an investigative reporter. What a crazy story that is. I yeah. know. I know. It is. And so her book that was written posthumously, finished posthumously by her friends, is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And HBO is going to start their documentary series. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all about the Golden State Killer. And after she passed, they caught him. That's, that Spoiler is alert. That is that is pretty amazing, and I'm really looking forward to that. And I forgot to check when it's when it's coming out. But HBO, I've been watching um, this much. I know is true, the Mark uh, Ruffalo, and they they are showing the preview for it. So let me find out when that's coming. I think it's May 28th. Does um, that make sense? Do they start things on a Thursday? Well, they do stuff on Mondays and Sundays. So. They do again. What is time anymore? They can do people can do what they want now. So those those kind of lines are going to get blurred. There's not going to be, you it's, know, years aren't calendar right. years anymore. You know, in in you know, like The Sopranos was like eighteen months, two years. Everything right. is going to be whenever they feel like it. It's June twenty eighth, Lynn. So it's on a Sunday. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Liz, Liz Garbus is going to be directing it. She did The Farm, and she did The Ghost of Abu Ghraib. And Bobby Fischer against the world and Love Maryland. So okay. she's she's been nominated for Oscars and she was won an Emmy. So it should be good. All right. And another uh, Netflix talking about a comedy special, Hannah Gadsby. Did you see Nanette? I never did. Uh, my wife is curious about it, but there's just there's so much to watch and we haven't been since my job is essential. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have uh I, I don't have, I didn't have the nine weeks to just sit back and watch TV. I've been saving lives and doing all that stuff. Well, 
She is Good an Australian. Thank you. Thank you for your service, sir. You're welcome. I'm, I've got my uh, St. Louis County Police shirt on today. Yeah, and you're you're walking the walk, man. You're really doing it. So you know, it's a it's a lot lot to think about. So thank you, Chris. Thank I you. get my temperature checked every day, <laughs> and, and one day. Yeah, was, and not more than that. I mean, is it not every hour, or is that no, part no, of it no? Sometimes just, you can't enter the building, and everyone yeah. is everyone is at least six feet apart from each other yeah. the entire day. And we wipe down all of our surfaces, yeah. and it's professionally cleaned once a week. You know, maybe we should be washing our hands more often the whole time. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah. So there you go. But, well, that's good to hear. But other than that, um, I haven't been able to watch as much TV as I wanted to, or movies, which, as we found out at the top of the show, I didn't get to watch my trip to Greece because I didn't have time until yesterday. But I want. There's so many things on the list. I wish I could watch them all. I get it because of news being news right now. <laughs> I haven't had as much time to watch things. Well, um, what does yeah. start on the 29th is Space Force, which will be Fred Willard's last, uh, I guess, major, uh, I think it's his last major acting thing. It is. And uh, he plays Steve Carell's dad, I believe. Yes. And I read a story that, uh, I think it was Greg Daniels that told the story. Is it Greg Daniels? Um, he created the the Parks and Rec uh, and TV show, and he, he did work on The Office. I think he said they asked, Fred wanted to do another take. And you know how, like, on Parks and Rec, Patton Oswalt did that whole Star Wars thing? Because they just gave him another take, and they, he wanted to do that. They did this with Fred Willard, and they gave him another take, and he did a five-minute story. And I think they're going to use it in the show. And the entire crew gave him a standing ovation at when he was done with the story. So that's Fred Willard right there. He said, I've, been a fan, hey. I've been a fan since Fernwood tonight. Right. He, I think oh he said, can God. I do a Christopher Guest kind of take with this? And they let him go. And we'll see if it's in the show or not. Oh, my God. Those Christopher Guest movies with Fred yeah. Willard. Oh, when he, he, just, and Cass, oh. Yep, he just goes, he just, you can tell that he let him loose and just walk away and let the camera go. And eventually he gets there. And yep. <laughs> When he and Catherine O'Hara did Midnight at the Oasis for their audition. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he should have been nominated for Best in Show as Supporting Actor. His riffs on the dogs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, just, yes. That was hilarious. Hilariously so, uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So hilarious. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Steve Carell is the lead and John Malkovich is in it. I'm all and, about it. I'm all about uh, it. Lisa Kudrow just joined the cast, I think. Oh, even better. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I just, uh, we are going to need this. We're so going to need this to watch. But if you enjoy comedy with some real serious issues to it, Hannah Gadsby, Nanette. Okay. It's I, so good. I want so to her, see it. Her new one is coming out May 26th, and it's called Douglas, which is named after her dog. Okay. So this might be a little lighter than N Nanette, but it, it, uh, I had heard a couple years ago that I needed to watch, I needed to watch Nanette, so I did, and I was totally blown away by this woman. And uh, she is uh, Well, it was just, a play first, right? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. But she has a unique point of view. She has a unique style. She's all, uh, it's, it's totally sincere, genuine. There's not a phony ounce in her body. She is as raw and real as you will ever get. That's, being alone that's refreshing. On a, being alone on a stage. So I'm looking forward to her next one. So that'll be it. So there's a lot streaming Netflix. I don't know what's going on in Amazon. Anybody else know what's going on in the um, I, Some friends of mine were watching something called Goliath the other day. Is that the Billy Bob Thornton TV yes, show? Yes, I, I think it is. They said the third season dropped and they spent their entire uh, Friday night watching season three. Well, my sister is a big fan of that show. So Okay. I had never heard of it until they told me that they were watching it. There's, well... The amount of binging that I need to do to catch up with all the TV series that I have missed because of plays and movies the past yeah. couple of years will be filled the rest of my life. Don't worry about it. You're never yes. going to see everything. Watch what right. you want. Enjoy Watch your what life. you want. Exactly. Move on. Right. right. Like so I've been it, watching the uh, Disney, uh, I've been watching the behind the scenes stuff from the Mandalorian, which is fascinating. They had one week where they talked about with the cast one week where they talked with all the directors and one week where they talked about the story and there was one that dropped on friday that i'm just forgot that i'm gonna have to watch now because it is so good and you don't even have to be able to like star wars to understand the process of filmmaking but i do think that the way that the mandalorian filmed a lot of their outside scenes is going to be how things are going to be filmed now uh, John Favreau and his crew, they've just put up green screens around everywhere and they just filled in background. It, and that's to, their, to his eternal and their eternal credit, how on earth did they manage to keep the child out of the public consciousness until it was revealed on the show? They did right. it. They, have, they missed out on 18 months of toy sales because it, that's the pipeline. Yep. And they did it. And they kept uh, it. And it's, we're just now getting these things available the real the real toys you know the well, fake ones have been out there for a while but Bryce Dallas Howard had her kids come to the set and they're like I want to say younger than 10 and every day before they go to school she'd say all right what are we not going to talk about today and so that's they were really tight on it and there there's not an episode of that but you'd think that like Kathleen Kennedy would kill them if the word had gotten out the guest appearances were priceless, and now now what TD's going to do the next Star Wars film? Uh, yeah, this is it's just a great show. Oh, um, <clears throat> do you have DCU? I do not, but I'm I'm wondering. First of all, because there's a thing of content, uh, Star Girl is going to now be on the CW. Oh, because, okay. Because is that what you were going to ask about, or are you going to uh, talk about Doom Patrol? Well, I could talk about that too. Um, we have DCU, and we watch it a lot. Okay. Um, I love Harley Quinn. I love Harley Quinn. It is the most foul-mouthed, entertaining thing I've seen in a long time. We it's watched like the first Kaylee Cuoco. Kaylee Cuoco uh, and the other. It, it is it is hilarious. It, you you can't stop laughing. Um, we watched the first episode of Star Girl, and it was CW-ish, and that makes a lot of sense. It'll be on that show. It's that kind of patter, a little bit younger, you know, than the type of show I should be watching, but you know, it was entertaining enough and it worked. Um, it, speaking, speaking of the DC universe, um, I broke up with Batwoman. I told Jim Bats this the other day and I broke up with Batwoman. And then uh, 
Ruby Rose left. She's yep. not coming she back. Did. See what she did to the world? Well, no, it's, it, it, it was not good. Yeah, they, that, they, there's they, that. They could not sustain the story for no, an entire no year. And because no I didn't, I don't care about Alice anymore. And so I, I broke up with my wife kept going and she said, you're not missing anything. I broke up with Supergirl too. The only one that is worth watching is Legends of Tomorrow. And I don't know why I'm still watching The Flash. I never watched Arrow because the first seasons were too violent. And I could watch, I knew enough of it when they did the crossovers that I could understand what was going on. And now those people are coming over onto The Flash because Arrow's over. Yeah. So, um, and then st they said, Star they brought in Black Lightning this year and they said, oh, we're not going to bring in Stargirl yet. So, you yeah. know, that means. No, it's, it's, it's worth a watch. Um, Doom Patrol, I do like, and I can't wait till that comes back. Um, and Swamp Thing, is that also DCU? Apparently, they, were, <laughs> they, they pulled it out of the muck. I thought it was dead in the water because of the tax credits and all the stuff that they lost their money. Um, but it's the resurrection, and I can't believe it. Um, I, that was a great show. Another, sh another thing that Alan Moore wants nothing to do with. Yeah, I don't care. I want to see more. <laughs> so, Lynn, what are, what are you watching? I uh, just have been trying to catch the movies streaming that we're watching. I watched The High Note, but we can't talk about it until May 25th. It's embargoed okay. for next week. That is the music business story that was supposed to come out on okay. the big screen. It's Tracy Ellis Ross yes, basically yes, yes, yes. channeling her mom. Yeah. Uh, her mother's Diana Ross. Don't look and, her in the eyes. And it's... Uh, it's uh, Ice Ice Cube, um, my least favorite actress, Dakota Johnson. Uh, she's talking. She's uh, she's she was telling some stories about Tippi Hedren this week, though. So she's saying that she's fine and she's uh, she actually Dakota Fanning told everybody. Oh, not Dakota Fanning. Sorry, sorry. Dakota Johnson said that Tippi Hedren has. Uh, tigers and bears and she's like one of those wild animal people did you ever see roar no do you know what i'm talking about lynn roar mm -mm. with melanie griffith was a teenager and it was about this house that they had in africa somewhere yeah. with all those and it was real and people got killed uh, melanie griffith got attacked by a lion um, yeah, she's yeah. had she's had those animals for years and years and years and years and years but yeah but it you you find this film and watch it someday. It is jaw-droppingly, and it's real. And stuff that came in and out, there were like 30 tigers in this house. Um, it, it's and, and, it's and a great piece of cinema. <laughs> yeah, all great pieces. And yeah, and it still goes on today. But, you know, um, people died. <laughs> he talked, she talked a little bit when she came in 2011 to do the bird screening yes. for TCM at the High Point. She talked a little bit about her yep, wild animals. I, that. I have a yeah. picture with her, too. Well, Dakota Johnson is so boring, she has to talk about her famous relatives because she wouldn't have anything else to talk now, about. Now, hold on. She was not <laughs> bad in Peanut Butter Falcon. I know Dan loves that film more than he should, but she was good in Peanut Butter Falcon. She was actually palatable in uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. But this, <laughs> but we can't talk about this movie. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. But Phil Pullman plays her DJ dad. Ew. So, okay. yeah, and uh, it's they the music. They couldn't get Don Johnson? 
<laughs> so Bill Pullman's sound, sound and real graspy and and so yeah, so I don't know if it was a character for he or if he's going that way. But uh new to DVD this week is uh films that we've talked about before. But Chris, jump in if you like any of these movies. Uh Sonic the Hedgehog, Onward, The Way Back, and Emma. Now I still haven't seen The Way Back, and I know people love The Way Back. And they say, since, since this is going on this year, there's a chance that Ben might get nominated for Best Actor because there aren't any other films to let him compete against. I am not a Ben Affleck fan, period. Uh, I'll stop talking to you. Okay, that's all you have to say. All right, well, coming Don't out like on- He was a stupid daredevil. He was stupid. <laughs> Made me mad. He was not right. Well, uh, coming out on Tuesday, the new DVDs is uh, the the Robbie Robertson and the band documentary that I like so much called Ones for Brothers. Mm-hmm. So that's Tuesday. And then they are bringing out on DVD a 2018 film, which I really liked. It's a hidden gem. And perhaps you liked it too, Chris, called Wildlife. We, we played it. That's right. Yep. You did play it at the festival. It's directed and written by Paul Dano. Yep. And it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Carrie Mulligan and the kid. It was a gut punch. Did you see it? Yes. yes. It's a gut puncher of a film and it, it, it really kind of went, didn't go anywhere because it's so sad, but it was just one of those like Todd Haynes kind of just makes Ooh. you feel terrible the whole time, but it's beautiful to look at. And this, the, the emoting, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is really underrated. I think yes. oh, people he's as an actor so good. Um, because so, so he, good. He's some sort of a cipher sometimes, but when he does it, he's in, he's all in for a poker term. And the, um, and the kid uh, is Ed Oxen. He's great. Yep. And he was in The Visit. Yep. He plays their yep. son. It's, the story is told through his eyes. And it is, it's very It was an exquisite it's, film. It was oh, an exquisite film. That's why I'm, I'm saying it what's now. Stu- what, studio, what studio is it? Um, I am not sure, but they just are releasing it on DVD now. IFC, and Blu-ray, maybe? so IFC? Uh, I am looking here. It might I, be IFC because because Mark Schulte gave me a copy to watch, and it was going to be at the film festival, so he wanted me to review it, yep. and I did, and I was very impressed. Uh, and it was uh, Paul Dano's debut. Uh, Dark, so basically, yeah. the premise is it is in late fifties, early sixties. It is more when when the West was not as built up as it is now. Jake Gyllenhaal is a guy married to Carrie Mulligan. He, he can't really hold the job. And he uh, decides he's going to be a volunteer firefighter in California for the wildfires. And nice. Carrie Mulligan's like... What? Oh, you told me about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, uh, so they move, uh, so they stay in their little teeny town. Is it Montana? It's, I believe so. I believe. And, uh, so they stay there and the poor kid's trying to adjust to school and his dad, he loves, he, his dad is his hero and his dad's not there. And Carrie Mulligan starts, um, a, a new job. So she's around more people. She's around people more. Uh, she wants to live this sophisticated life that Jake Gyllenhaal hasn't provided for her. It was just a real, honest story about real people. Um, yeah. Dano's an interesting uh, character. Um, in 2000, one of my Sundance trips, I saw 
him literally was sitting like a row behind me um, at the screening of LIE. Oh, really? Remember that film with Brian Cox? Creepy pedophile film. He was just a skinny little twerp with braces and come of his balls out performance. And then, you know, then he kind of disappeared for a while. Then he keeps popping up and he was in a little bit of sunshine and, you know, pops up in these, all these other crazy things and Swiss army man and, and then directs this thing. So he's certainly one to watch. He's gonna be around for a long time. Oh, Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy. He was oh. so good as Brian. I did Brian not see Whitman. that. I did not see that. Oh, oh my God. He should have yes. been nominated. Really so, yeah, he's an absolute somebody to watch. So, you know, very talented across the board. Kind of an odd-looking human. Um, but so what? You know, he's working. <laughs> right. Well, he's married to Zoe Kazan. Yes. So good for him. You know, yes. Ruby Sparks. Yeah. Yo, yo. So, uh, so anyway, that if you if you uh, want to find something unusual, not these big budget names that we just previously mentioned, I would uh, like people to watch Wildfire. Well, I want to bring up I want to bring up one more thing before we go because you know Chris and I were talking about the DC universe. What do we think of the HBO Max starts next week? And I want to know what you think of the Snyder Cut being released as a four-episode series rather than movie. Chris, you start. Why not? Why exactly. not? We're so used to this. And do I want to sit there for eight hours? Um, I do not. Um, do I want to <laughs> Just, watch every second of it? I do. Um, yes. Do I want to watch it whenever I want at two in the morning or two in the afternoon whenever I wish, the way I do everything else now? Yes. Um, that's my answer. But I, Justice League was not, and, and that the whole set of circumstances about Justice League is tragic. The whole, the whole thing is not good. No one comes off looking good in what they released, and for a variety of reasons. That's why I think this movie should come out so they can say, oh, here's what we had to work with. And is it Joss Whedon's fault? Or is it... Is it Snyder's fault for putting too much out there? We will, all these things will be answered this way. It'll, it'll give the fanboy something to do this summer. So well, bring I, on. I can't believe right. I wasted Twitter characters on wanting to see yeah. all the yeah. entire Snyder. Hey, give people something to do. Yes. It's not, it's not important to me because I did not care for the movie. It was better than Batman uh, versus but that's, that's the thing. If, the, if he would have been able, if his daughter wouldn't have died, he might have been able to put out something different. Right. So, Although I'm not a fan of his generally, but I will give it, I will give it a shot. It might be better. I liked <clears throat> Ezra Miller. Yes. yes. And there's As a whole the thing. He yes. has a girlfriend in this that we didn't see. So I don't, I don't know if it's Iris Allen West or if it's something that we don't know yet. We, but, we stopped watching the flash here because it you know over and over again how much barry loves iris yeah. um it, it I, just got a little teasing. we gave up and we never really watched the arrow but i liked ezra's take on it because he's just so you know goofy and flittery and you know uh, we need right. to talk about kevin a little bit more um, yes what but an interesting character he well, is when they well, did crisis this year ezra miller showed up for yep. one scene yeah it was yeah so um you know um he, he's a he's a interesting person so I was going to say, after we need to talk about Kevin, which has haunted me ever since the day I saw right? the movie. Right? Oh, my yeah. God. I put that on my list for the lens, the top 
uh, movies of the the last decade because I I said there that's a movie that I think about and also yeah. Ezra Miller I'm really glad I saw him in different things because like <laughs> Anthony Hopkins not I'm Anthony Perkins to me that yeah, character Wallflower ah personal wallflowers well i know that's why i'm glad i saw him in other mm -hmm. things and then also uh i am a big huge gal uh gal gadot fan because she just takes over the screen lights the screen up she is phenomenal and uh she has a screen presence that is um hard to match and Agreed. so I, Agreed. I will, I will, I will watch it for her. And I, I, I never have liked Henry Cavell. I never have liked him as Superman, a, a lesser so. Superman, a lesser Superman. Yeah. And so I many. have issues there, but yeah. I will give it because I do like the DC universe. I am a, a Supreme Batman fan. And speaking of Batman, we need to talk about the tenant, um, Preview the tenant trailer. Have you seen it? I have not. Interesting. And if it goes into theaters July in July, like everybody thinks it's going to happen, you need to see it on a big screen. I can't even imagine this movie on a yeah, small screen. Truly, truly. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen with it, but oh my God, the money that they spent, especially yep. on the yep. cast. Yep. And uh, so if you're a Christopher Nolan fan, that's what everybody's oh, talking I am. about. I sure am. Well, yeah. And uh, so, of course, but John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Michael Caine shows up, Kenneth Branagh. Yep. Unbelievable casting. So it's just, it's going to get people talking, but we'll see if they do the whole social distancing. You know, Marcus had that plan in summer or not summer before, in, in uh, the winter before everything got shut down. They were doing the, you know, every other couple sure. of weeks. Yeah, that's not really going to work very well. So well, we'll no, see. How, how are they going to make money? No way, no way. Yeah, oh, no, no way. People? Yeah, and that's that was part of our thought. You know, if, if we were even able to rent a theater in November and had to do that, we have great expenses in, you know, making something like that you know, fit into an existing structure. Uh, we had to print programs and rent films and fly people in. And if we only could do a quarter of the seats, it wouldn't make any, it wouldn't make a difference. So, um, Hi, sorry about so that. we're going to make it work well, differently. So we'll see. What we I was, just were, go ahead. Well, I'm, I don't know where I got, did I just freeze? Cause you guys froze. You just disappeared. You, you just, just went disappeared. Away. We started talking about the tenant trailer. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not. That is going to be the first movie that opens up, so I guess we'll all see it. I want well, to say you, one last thing about Justice League. Yes, if sure. You, if your favorite thing was Gal Gadot, that was oh. Wheaton. That was Wheaton. He added more scenes with her, so that's that's another. That's the trade-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it, I think Joss was the one that did the uh, the French bank scene. I think that was him adding that in the beginning of the film because we needed more of her. All right. It was so a glorious mess. It was a it, glorious mess. Yes. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, uh, uh, you know, you got to keep an open. I always have to keep an open mind about everything. Things I like, I wind up not liking things. I, uh, didn't like, I, I give it a second look and I'm impressed. So, you well, know, what do we think of uh, Dan Buck's thing out in Hazelwood? 
uh, that's the new St. Louis drive-in. I think yes. uh, this is maybe one way to get people to see, hear, and hear things, right? I mean, they're doing old movies right now, like they just showed Ferris Bueller this weekend, and then next weekend they're doing Onward. Right, but they're also having bands out there. So, so um, what they, I, I applaud Dan Buck for what he did because uh, the original thing he was doing with them was he had high school graduations out there where everybody could be in a car and they could right. all see their, and they could virtually come up and get their diplomas. And I think they actually might have actually come up on stage and get their diplomas like one car at a time. But I think what he did, and it was all of the North County schools up in the first and second districts that did that, like Hazelwood and uh, Ferguson and Florissant. And I thought that was really great. And then when he said, hey, maybe I could use this and we could show movies and get bands up here, I thought that was really inventive, especially because there aren't any sports right now and they can't really do any work on the sports complex while this is getting done. I hope it continues to work. I don't think I'll be going because well, it's in Hazelwood. Well, you know, I don't really care about that. And I do love drive-ins and I can't wait to go back to Belleville again when there's something I want to see, but it's going to be super crowded right now. And um, I got other stuff to do and, you know, let everyone else enjoy it. Um, and, and they're selling out. They I, Thursday was their first one. As long as they figure out things like bathrooms and sanitation properly, which has been issues with pop-up drive-ins in other cities where some we're just going to have makeshift things in a parking lot with a lower budget and not have bathrooms at all. Ew. So yeah, you know, most people could wait for two or three hours, but if you're drinking any liquid just sitting there, well, eventually you're going to have to go or if you want to get up and move around and. I think the VIPs see, cause there's, there, there it's double tiered. Yeah. You've got, sure. You, you have the $40 per car and then you have the $40 per person, the $40 per person. I think you get like the private bathrooms. And then the other ones, you just have to social distance. Your just ass like life, just like ever. life. Yeah, yeah. For, death, forever. death in the bleachers. Death in the bleachers. Like the yes. uh, like the Globe Theater, Lynn, um, where the riffraff down in the front throwing tomatoes <laughs> in the, but you know, watching great theater. The Stratford on Avon. Well, um, as we were are talking, uh, we uh, the Saint the Saint Louis High School Musical Theater Awards went on today, hosted by Mike Isaacson, and this is the usually the high school awards are at the Fox and the two uh, two main award winners, the, uh, the girl and the boy, the best actress and actor, they get to go to New York for the Jimmy Awards and participate in this once in a lifetime being coached by Broadway people and being on a Broadway stage. Well, that's not gonna happen. So whoever won today is going to not have that. Get a pat on the back that have it, that experience, but all the award shows are going to virtual. Right. So that's just the way it's going to be for the, this is a new normal right now. We're going to have drive-ins. We're going to have virtual. We're going to have zoom theaters. Zoom People are going to make it work or they're going to shrivel up and not work, but you know, it's interesting and exciting. Uh, there's, I was really depressed for the first month of everything and thought our whole life, everything that I do, I'm an, and I'm an event producer uh, with movies in theaters right. with people. I just was going to go work in schnooks and just give up my life. But you know, I got over it as we figured things out. And now it's, it's kind of fun. Well, I'm glad that the Emmys are the daytime Emmys are going to be on television for the first time in five years. And because of 
the denying of the coronavirus, Dr. Oz did not get nominated for a single Emmy for the first time in a while. Good. So, so what has, see, Oprah still needs to take responsibility for Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, and all these quacks that she brought to America, by the way. Well, she brought, she gave them a stage and then they went out into the world. This is all Oprah's fault. And Oprah's done wonderful things, except, you know, these things. Well, we're going to have lots more to talk about this year. I'm excited that we're using technology to connect. Yes. Because yeah. arts and entertainment are all about connecting. And, and that's why I don't feel so bad about this whole thing. I mean, I know people have, I'm not going to get into the politics or the lost jobs, but we are still able to connect through technology. And can you imagine if we didn't have this? No, I cannot imagine it. But people can still experience all kinds of art, theater and film and um, virtual tours of art museums. Um, you know, people are being creative with stuff. And, and I like the more than Carl did, uh, the theater uh, yeah. uh, moniker. Um, it's cute. Why not? Well, well my... another thing that's going to happen is we're going to have a lot more art produced because of this. Yes. Well, music is, st music is still coming out. So popular music is still coming out. And... Uh, even as a lot of these thing, a lot of these concerts, they've been releasing tracks from that. And uh, my best friend from college says, "You guys in St. Louis have an amazing resource that you that no one. Well, I'm sure a lot of people know about the bouncing bears at the St. Louis Zoo. They get in, they get into the pool and they just jump up and down. And that is there. He sits and he's like." They will, I, I watch it for hours. Next time I come to St. Louis, we're going to have to see the bears, but I'm sure people will scare them off. The, uh, the zoo's going to open in June by appointment. But if you want to check out the bouncing bears in the pool, go to the zoo's website and you can, there's a camera on them and they just jump up and down in the pool. It, it's, it's oddly calming. Totally unrelated, but St. Louis related. There's a new Kimmy Schmidt episode out. Oh, yes. have you seen it? It's wonderful. I have. It's hilarious to kind of do the, um, what was that black uh, mirror thing yeah. where they, you know, kind of mix and match the endings. Vanderdash. Th yeah, thrown, thrown back here and there. Of course, John Hamm shows up. Um, That's the interactive, yeah. Which now, took us a while to, and Daniel uh, uh, Radcliffe is right. the uh, betrothed. Just, so yeah. it's, and then there's a scene where like many cast characters come in. So it's fun. So, um, I was going to ask you if you saw that because I knew you were a fan, but yeah, Daniel Radcliffe just goes all in. It's a hoot. It and is. What makes it work is they're all just lunatics. Did, did you guys go back and watch different jokes? Yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't had time to do that. I wanted to watch they were, now, so. they were talking about stuff way in the beginning that came up later. Oh, um, we watched one of those uh, shows. It's like Mystery Science 3000, but it was a different, it's some kind of YouTube thing. I can't remember oh, what the it, title is. Isn't didn't they do a new mystery science theater 3000 with Pat Oswalt? No, no, no. But they, whatever this similar product is, um, okay. did we watched an old Carol Kane movie. Um, it's not when a stranger calls, which she was in. It was the TV remake when a stranger calls back and she looked like she was a teenager. She was like probably in her twenties or thirties. She looked so different than the, you know, beautiful, but, but older, face that we see now she was just face was thin her hair was long it was blonde and oh it was <laughs> startling difference but uh <laughs>
but yeah, her, everything about it is fun. Well, that's a good way to wrap it up. Yay, St. Louis. And thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. And uh, Carl, where can we find you? You can find me online at underscore Carl the Intern on Twitter and Instagram. I really should post more, but I'm not. And you can listen to me on the Intercom Family Radio Station, which includes KMOX, KFPK, Y98, KZK, and now 96.3. Oh, cool. Well, I'm Lynn Benhaus, and I am on uh, the uh, KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman around 1030. And I am still in the Webster Kirkwood Times online print reviews. And I have my own website, poplifestl.com. And I can be doing uh, found on, at the Belleville News Democrat writing news and features. So I have quite the busy, busy life. But I uh, love, of course, to talk entertainment. I'm on all the socials, as is Chris. Now, let's, let's Chris, where can we find you everywhere? I'm the same on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Chris Clark STL. Um, uh, our, we have a new, another new thing we're doing online, uh, Stuff I'm Watching, which is my little kind of um, bi-weekly blog column today, nice. um, a new posting, and it's about Harley Quinn. Ooh. Uh, I've talked that- about my love of all things Stephen King a couple weeks ago. I talked about Rosemary's Baby about a month ago, then um, you know, a couple more coming up. So lots. Of, we're trying to be as interactive in the world as we can with Cinema St. Louis. And, and but Harley to- Quinn, not for the kids. Not for the kids. No, no, no. Um, yeah, but but highly, highly recommended. Find somebody that has DCU or get it yourself. Um, it's 80 bucks a year, I think, is the yearly price is better, is cheaper right. than the monthly price. I'm, I, I just got to notice it's about to come up, but well worth it to me, at least. So, Excellent. Thank anyway. you for being on with us. All right, take care. Yes, everybody stay safe. Be, take care. Wash Thank your hands. You. Wash your yes. hands. <laughs> <laughs> Social distance. Wear a mask. I'm following you back. Okay, take care. All right, bye.